Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show. Hello and welcome to episode 102. Tonight's show is brought to you by Handful of Poop. That's right. <laughs> it's going to get weird, it's going to be real, and it's going to be real weird. Uh, <laughs> the first thing we're going to do after talking about a handful of poop is we're going to talk about our patrons. All right, starting at $10 a month, we've got Zach, Tom P., Todd. They call me quiet, but I'm a riot. Oh, that was a good one. Van Eckeren. Van Eckeren. Ty, Tennessee Zach, SCG Shoe Co., then, continuing with $10 a month, we have Sam, Ryan, Rusty Shammy, Parker, Noah, Nick, My Pal Dal, MTB Shenanigans, Leland, King Donko of Punchstania, Kenny sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, uh, Jeff, JC, by Jar- the way, Dicks. I'm gonna be, con- I'm gonna, I'm gonna dedicate my entire salary to saying, you know, Kenny's cool or something. <laughs> okay. Wait, your Hangar 15 salary or your JRA salary? My JRA salary. <laughs> Big spender. Uh, that would put you in the number one spot monthly. <laughs> uh, so JC, Jared Dix, Jake, Hugh, Janus Industries, Half Face Kenneth, Green Giant, Gordon, G Man, Frank, F That Guy, Mark, Ezra, Trilla, G, Evan, Captain Fickle, Cam Irish, Billy Singlespeed, Bill, Bo, Baggins, Orders Restored to the Universe. Alec, AJ, Aaron. Then we've got Esker Cycles at 11.69. They'll make an appearance in this show again later. We've got Lead Out Sports and Josh from down in Kangaroo Land with 14, I don't know, kangaroo ears a month. Uh, Dean Fleming has 16.50 kangaroo ears a month. At $20, we got Scott, Poop Wrench, brother of Poop Hand. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Brady, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, Brad at 32, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. Click, click, and that's all we got. Uh, I'll go because I'm already talking. Not a lot has happened in the last, whoa, has it? When did we record? We recorded Thursday last. We recorded on Thursday. I did a little bit of Colorado trail riding on Saturday. On Sunday, Troy came over and we made my truck work. On Monday, I didn't do anything. On Tuesday, I did a couple of hill repeats before work, and I got back that local legend status on Strava. (laughs) It's the most obscure segment in the world. It's the road in and out of our neighborhood. Of course, no one else rides it. Well, there's one one guy that that does. You don't get to be a local legend on an e-bike, and I flag all of his rides that he doesn't put as an (laughs) e-bike because I'm petty as hell. You are petty. Keep going. He also drives a bunch of them. There was one time that he had a downhill segment out of the neighborhood at 43 miles an hour. I mean, he's a big guy. He might be able to hit 43. It, so tell us what you did to your truck. Uh, it was it, it, The juice was bad. Uh, it, it, was, it had a temperature, so changed, flushed the radiator. Well, Oh, actually, I'm going to give a really terrible customer service thing. O'Reilly Auto Parts can suck a bag of cocks. Let me tell you the dumbest thing. That I've, well, maybe they like maybe like like that. They can choke on a bag of pig anuses. How about that? Like still attached to the pig or no, like cut a, off? A bag of cut off anuses that got to sit in the sun for like six hours. Okay. A okay. So what sun. did O'Reilly do to you? I went well, in. They did it to themselves too. Well, they did it to themselves because I didn't give them my American currency because they're idiots. So I went in and I wanted to order some parts. They didn't know if they were going to be able to get all the parts. They're like, you can just pay when you pick up. Their systems are so good, they couldn't get the thermostat. 
So what all parts did you order? I ordered a thermostat, both radiator hoses, a water pump with fan clutch assembly, and well, I didn't order all that stuff. They had they, they were just putting it all like on hold for me, plus the parts they were going to get. Right? They couldn't locate the thermostat and get it to me, so they didn't call me and ask me if I wanted to order a different one. Also, they never called me at all. But because I haven't paid for the parts yet, because they didn't know if they could get them all, they didn't call me, and because I didn't come pick them up, they sent them back. That's so pretty I was, cool. Have you noticed, every time I've been there, I don't go to auto parts stores that often anymore, but when I used to go to O'Reilly's, this was as of pretty recently, their system was like full-on old-school 1980s orange screen and <laughs> dot matrix printers on like a, it was very old. It probably still is the same. Well, it was just very annoying. And because Troy was going to come over and help me, I ended up having to... It, I had waited two weeks. I'm, I'm assuming that surely they got everything but the thermostat by this point. And I was just going to have to swing in and then figure out a thermostat somewhere else, right? Have or, you been on Rock Auto? Well, here's the thing. I found out on Friday when I was going to do this on Sunday that none of the shit existed in town. Um. Mm-hmm. I have been to Rock Auto before, but you're not letting the hate from O'Reilly spew. So <laughs> No, that's that's cool. Bring it. I placed an order for online pickup from the Colorado Springs AutoZone Platte Road or Platte Street, whatever it is, location, which is the Colorado Springs warehouse. So they had everything in stock. I paid for it online for local pickup. Troy picked it up and brought it to me. Saved the day in multiple ways. He had a bunch of cool tools that I didn't that made all this way simpler. Um, so we repl- flushed the radiator, replaced the water pump, fan clutch assembly, both radiator hoses, thermostat, and I'm pretty sure the truck had the original thermostat in it at 190,000 miles because it was a genuine Nissan thermostat. Yeah, very cool. That's and cool that tr- Troy does car stuff as well. What a what a guy. What a guy. He's and very mechanically inclined. We changed the oil in my truck, and oh, and I got a new battery too. And the people at AutoZone, because I didn't realize my battery was dead until after I'd order, ordered everything else. So I went and got a new battery. Have you just walked, not driven this thing in a while or something? Well, it was overheating a little bit. So, uh. And when I say a little bit, you know, 3 o'clock is happy. Noon is danger zone. It was getting to 1.30 on a pretty simple drive. I'm like, oh, that's not good. I should take care of this because I'm a responsible vehicle owner. So I pulled some stuff off and made sure that nothing else was totally fucky. You know, I wanted to make sure when I pulled it apart, like the block wasn't split in half or... I assume it's like working now. It wasn't your head gasket, right? No, it wasn't. It was just... I I think the thermostat was You didn't have any like... You didn't have any... Like milkshake colored stuff. No, no, there was no milkshaking. There was no true boiling over overheating. Just driving up the hill to our house, it would get warm. And I'm like, well, that's not good. I should take care of this. So I pulled some stuff apart. I ordered parts. Parts didn't come. And then my battery was dead. And this is the battery that came with the vehicle that I purchased in December of 2016. That battery owes me nothing. It it needed, you know, it's seven-year-old battery at this point. It can be replaced. It had an August of 2016 production sticker on it. And I go in to buy a battery. They're like, well, we have uh, the most affordable one. And I was like, nope, I want another one of those Duralass Golds. They're like, that one is, I was like, $219. They're like, you want that one? And I pulled mine out of the bag, and I was like, that's what I got. And this one was made in August of 16. I'll take another one. It'll probably last the life of the truck. (laughs) So, yeah. 
Um, got all that put together. Truck's really happy now. And then I did a couple of hill repeats on Tuesday. And that on was on your bike. On my not, bike. Not in your truck. Not in my truck. And then on was it Tuesday? Might have been Monday. I ordered another frame. So I'm Jesus. just go- Are you gonna tell people what it is? Yeah, I got a Esker Jaffe on order. How's that different from the Hey Duke? I don't know. <laughs> no. I mean, you told me when I asked you. It's a little bit different geo, a little bit longer reach, a little bit shorter seat tube, a little bit more of a true trail hardtail, where the Jaffe, or the, the Hey Duke is a little bit more of a bike packy bike. 29er? It's, it's 29er. Um, it's built around a little bit bigger tire. It does have more bottom bracket drop. I think with the bigger tire, I'm going to be able to get away with the more bottom bracket drop and not get pedal strikes that make me really angry. Yeah, and, we had a question about that. And also, for what it's worth, I'm just full disclosure, this was a demo frame. The owner, Tim, rode this bike for a while. So I got it for a very handsome price. And I don't think I'm going to sell the Hey Duke anytime soon i'm probably going to do some good riding make sure that i really love the jaffe before anything happens so did we already discuss gx beep boop no but to back up because you haven't heard this i built my epic evo and i got transmission for it uh gx beep boop nope xx beep boop Mm, fancy but all your bikes for the longest time have been beep boop right yeah, but they've been old, poor axis, not transmission. <laughs> I mean, come uh, on. Yeah. And of course, right after Matt gets that, and I'm like, you know, I really, I mean, I, I like, I tried a transmission bike and I've ridden axis on my Vertex back when it was flat bar and then drop bar. And you rode it some on your rocker this year. Yeah, yeah, I put the axis on my, and I do put the axis on the rocker because it's, she steals it's some from so, me. it's so easy to go from single speed to geared if you have access you just it's like a 10 minute thing it's so fast but i just really like i i kind of figured it out i i really i had this like tactile thing that i like i'm really into how stuff feels and or electronic shifting just doesn't have like you get a click and a shift and i don't i i prefer feeling how i don't know the cable pulls and clicks and I just like it better than electronic. I mean, if everything in the future, you know, five years from now, say everything's electronic, it's fine. I'll do it. But as long as there's mechanical available. No, you'll just have to ride Shimano. They wouldn't have figured it out yet. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I just, I I really like the feel of mechanical over electronic. Um, Even though electronic does, it shifts a little better. But, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. Keep going. You should try my... You should try it again and use the new pod controller and see if you like that. I mean, it's still going to be a click. It's not. All right. It's it's the way that you can, like, if your shifting is a tiny bit off, which doesn't really happen that much yeah, on if electronic. You ride, if, if you if, don't ride derailers that are beat to shit and back, you don't have to milk it into gear, Susie. <laughs> I just like it's easier for me to adjust. I just feel, you know, it's like, oh, my shifting, I need to turn my barrel adjuster a little bit because it feels like this. Well, if you had transmission, you would just follow the setup guide and there's no adjustment needed. Yeah, I know. I mean, do you are you looking for like tactile feedback from the wireless? Like do you want to feel it in your body or something? Like, I don't know, in your butthole or something? <laughs> yeah, they just need to make... You the, know, if I could feel my shifting in my butthole, that might be really good. 
Yeah, so maybe just make, we should have a, it should be like a derailleur. It just mimics whatever the derailleur is doing, and you like install it on your seat. Oh, I thought this was going to be like a wireless butt plug. I mean, kind of, kind of. <laughs> Flight control. Yeah, or I don't know, yeah, that would be good. Flight yeah, attendant, so butt, sorry. Butt Cavity plug, attendant. it vibrates. <laughs> yeah, it gives you like, it's always super nice, like on your watch, for example, like on an Apple watch, you know, you're scrolling or doing things, and when there's tactile feedback, when you're moving through menus it's really actually useful i do like so, i i use the tactile thing like haptic stuff on my phone i use that because i i it's the same thing i like to have some sort of tactile feedback to whatever i'm doing well there we go so new new market segment i'll, I'll work on it all right what about you andrew besides riding colorado trail with me what have you been doing i uh, let's see i actually wrote down stuff in my calendar because I can never remember what I've been doing. And yeah, so rode the Colorado Trail with you. That was cool. It's the section between, it's Mount Princeton to Buena Vista. We rode, I don't know, halfway towards Cottonwood Pass Road and then turned around and came back. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's a little bit mellower section of trail. It's a little lower elevation. It's, I don't know, it's really nice. Um, my shifting was messing up. I think my hanger might be bent or something because it was not perfect on my last ride either. I edited a new video for our YouTube channel. I put up a video of my first elk scouting trip that I did earlier, first one of the season that I did earlier this summer, and it was really the best one. I've been out several more times since then and didn't video and that one was really the best, most productive one. It was just, it was awesome because I found a place where it looks like elk hang out. And I saw a gigantic elk, a uh, bull elk. So that was really cool. And you can watch the video on our YouTube channel. But other than that, I've been taking care of chickens, taking care of gardens. Our meat birds are getting pretty Bigger big. snicker. Yeah, they're getting big. Uh, probably two to three more weeks we'll process them. So, yeah, not too much longer. We'll have some chicken in the freezer again. Matt's taking his shorts off. It is currently 80.8 degrees in our house, according to the thermometer. Because it was fucking hot. It's been really hot. We're in the middle of this heat wave. Yeah, heat wave. And, Kenny, I don't know about you and what goes on in Salt Lake City, but around here they don't put air conditioning in houses because well at least back when this one was built in the 70s you didn't get heat waves like this so yeah if you didn't have air conditioning in salt lake city you would die yeah it's like Memphis. like for certain yeah yeah, yeah so, so it's been it's been around it's been between 95 and 100 every day for a week or two yeah and it it hasn't been getting cold at night is the problem because mm. when summer really starts, it'll be 90 degrees during the day, but then it'll dip down to like 40 at night. Well, not like oh, wow. 40. No joke. One day it was pretty warm and I went to sleep, had my window open, had the fan going in the window. I woke up. I was all cold and shit. Came downstairs. It was 37 degrees outside. I'm like, yeah. oh, no wonder I was cold. I was pumping the Arctic into my bedroom. <laughs> but yeah, so you can get the house nice and cold at night. And then close up all the windows, you know, right after the sun comes up and then it stays a pretty tolerable temperature. You might get up to like 70, 75 in the house, but it's been so hot at night also. It's only been getting down in the 60s that, yeah, our house has been getting, it's got a lot of thermal mass. 
for a small house and it has not been cooling off well at night. So yeah, I might, I've actually got my tent set up in the yard and I will probably sleep outside tonight. Wild. Yep. Yeah. I mean, other than that, we're pretty, uh, it's kind of it. I think our dog's doing good. Everyone, people ask for Daisy updates. Um, I'll give you a taco update too. He's still crazy as shit. He's a good dog, but he's an asshole too. That dog needs anti-anxiety medicine. He does. He has lots of anxiety. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Daisy's, uh, she's she's finally warming up to Matt. <laughs> she, uh, if I oh, leave, hold on. If I leave the house, she will sit in the front door, like, and look out the window for as long as I'm gone. And also, first time Daisy saw Troy, didn't want anything to do with him. Daisy doesn't want any, didn't want anything to do with me. Carrie comes over, and Carrie's a very short. She's it's probably Troy's like, wife. Yeah, Troy's wife. She's like 5'2", probably. Yeah, something like that. And she's this mild-mannered little Canadian just sweetheart, and Daisy loved her. So at some point in this poor dog's life, some big dude was mean to her, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. Literally, Andrea left for an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes the other day. Daisy would sit in the window. She would look at me. She'd come jump on the couch, hang out for a minute, jump off the couch, go sit back in the window for a half an hour. She maybe sat on the couch with me for four minutes total in that whole time she was gone. Yeah, and then when I get home, she jumps up so high that like she'll, I can feel her put a paw in the middle of my back. Like she jump, I'll be walking and she'll jump behind me and I can feel her, her paw somewhere like, I don't know. Elbow level? Yeah, like elbow level. <laughs> she's, she's very bouncy, but that's it. Kenny, what you been up to? Oh, you know me, just been riding motorcycles. That's really about it. Had a friend in town last week. Yeah, what, out, were, what rode, were your adventures last week? Uh, we rode some moto. What else did we do? Um, yeah, that's really the big one. Road, road moto. Yep. It is really hot here. I've been buying generators. I have a, a generator problem. I just <laughs> keep keep buying different ones to try different generators. What what are you using? Oh, you're using them for the for charging your moto. To charge the moto, yeah. How many do you have now, Kenny? Is it greater than or less than five? <laughs> no, I only have two. I bought the big one and it's great, but you know I'm a sucker for a deal. And there was a super good deal on one that's a little bit smaller that fits inside of my rear trunk in the ridge line, and I wanted to try it. So you know I got my got my big generator, got my small generator. Yeah, been <laughs> been buying generators. What else is going on around here? Any new bike stuff? I don't think so. I'm very tempted. I'm sure we'll talk about it later on the show because it sounds like we didn't talk about it on last show. Uh, GX transmission boop, boop, beep, boop. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Oh, okay. I'm surprised. It wasn't legal yet. Uh, I, I guess it would have been really pushing it. Show post on Monday. It released on Tuesday. Couldn't talk. Yeah, we didn't okay. know about it, so we couldn't talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've but never yeah, that makes seen sense. it in person. <laughs> nope. So we'll talk about that later. What else is going on in the world of full face? I think that's it. No new bike parts, I don't think. Is there anything new? Nothing. Everything's working great. Um, I think I rode the Kinevo once. It's developed a creek, which is a bummer, and I'm too lazy to check out and see what it is, so it just kind of creaks. It's probably the rear axle. Probably. It's pretty common on Specialized, especially when they're brand spanking new. So hopefully it's just that little copper conical washer guy. On the rear axle, that would be really convenient. So I'll check that. Uh, other than that, yeah, it works great. I like it. Moto works great. I'm just down to a single moto. I just have a Talaria. And it works awesome. 
ETA on Stark Varg is still February. Still curious about getting an MX4 Talaria and or a Sauron Ultra B. So lots of cool, lots of cool stuff in Moto World to maybe try out. Riggi's running great. I just went in for some surgery. I got a new radiator put in. Just Hadn't you just done a bunch of stuff? I did. I did a whole bunch of baseline stuff. I did like timing belt, water pump, uh, you know, transmission fluid, brake fluid, uh, oil pump, and what else? Something else I'm missing. Uh, power steering pump, new tires, and just did tires. a radiator. Tires are good. What's up? Tires, tires are good. Good. Yeah, I got some Nitto Nomad grapplers. So it's just a light truck tire, nothing fancy. They look pretty cool. They got like all kinds of cool jaggedy sidewall looking things that make them look all aggressive. Holy shit. You could drive over the curb at Target. <laughs> you could. I could drive straight over a curb in my not truck. One of them was out of round, which was really sad, but got that warrantied. So a lot like a Maxxis tire. <laughs> like it had a wobble to it. Yeah, it's just just some up down action there that you couldn't balance out. Yeah, it'll feel like it needs to be balanced, but it's really just a, a tire that's out of round. Yeah, you, you got it. So anyway, I just did preventative maintenance and got a new radiator put in, so I'll pick it up in the next couple days, and it's ready to go. Because basically, the only thing I've ever read on those cars, for the most part, that breaks is the radiators explode, and when they do, <laughs> it's got a transmission like, cooler that runs through it. Like for real, explode. No, not explode. It's just, I think one of the fittings on the bottom fatigues or something. It's like where the brass goes into the plastic or something like that. And they're just known for it. And when that happens, you're going to either mix transmission fluid with uh, coolant, which is really bad. And you're going to either overheat your engine, obviously, because your radiator is now leaking and or you're going to contaminate your transmission with coolant and ruin your trans. So I just decided it's worth it to get a new radiator and I won't have to Hopefully, ever worry about that. Sweet. Yeah, that's All pretty right. much it. You want to talk about? We want to do news or listener questions. Let's talk about the beat boot. All right. Yeah. So I guess I'll just start rambling, and Matt's got, I'm sure, a lot of really other good tech info on it. But yeah, GX transmission. I was kind of surprised that it was this soon. Yeah. Because GX yeah. axis was what at least a full year two. after, right? It was two. Two I years? Think. Was it? Wow. Because it's 2023. Axis was launched in the spring. Of, it was February 6th of 2019. And then two years later, 2021, we got GX Axis because I rode that the winter of 21 on my fat bike. And then 2022, nothing changed in the mountain bike world. We got new Rival first, I think. Uh, didn't SRAM release? When did they do the 52 tooth cassette and the kind of updated derailleur? Like that the all updated happened around GX axis time, I thought. I think so. Yeah, they updated the mechanical derailleur to work with the fifty-two tooth cassette, and also released GX axis. I think that you might be right. That might have happened together. Well, and anyway, then we just got GX, or we got transmission. What was it? Two months ago? Three months ago? Something like that. I feel like it was only two or three months ago. Maybe three. And now we have GX transmission. Yeah, it's just wild that. They did it so close. It just seems that seems so so strange to me. Can I tell you a line that? How do I word this? SRAM makes what bike manufacturers ask for, and that's that's reasonable. If you're a smart company, I mean, their hugest partners are 
the likes of Specialized and Trek and every other OEM out there, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, with anyone, your biggest buyer is going to be OE. Yeah, like, I don't, I'm not, this is not to be mean, and it's very good that SRAM makes aftermarket stuff for the bike shop, for example, but I don't, that's just, that's almost a necessary evil. I don't think they really care about it. It's not their core thing. Yeah, I just think that it's probably a lot easier now that bikes, how do I put this politely? I don't have any insider information. I'm just guessing that it's way easier from the, let's say, you know, Kenny and Matt's bike brand. It's easier for them to have matching parts top to bottom, especially for companies that love to mix in garbage. You know, it's hard to mix in a GX cassette if they don't make it. Uh, I'm not trying to like, be funny but you can't build an xo bike with a gx transmission cassette if they don't make gx transmission so i have a feeling that probably drove part of it also i don't really think it matters how old gx axis is but think about how old axis is in general all that stuff was ready for an update so i don't know to me it just kind of makes sense that it everything's gonna match you know, yeah, and it, it probably I just, encourages. I just figured, go ahead. Uh, it probably encourages manufacturers also to start if they haven't already to go ahead and make UDH bikes because now you can get all three tiers for all of your bikes. Yeah, very possible. I was just thinking, why not if you can sell the three because they're all very similarly priced: XO, XX, and XSSL. They're all pretty similarly priced, pretty expensive. I'm just surprised they don't want to try to sell that as hard as they can. But at the flip side, the amount of people that are going to be excited about GX Axis because it's on the it's a bread and butter like that's the workhorse Grupo and it can go on damn near everything. So they will just freaking own it. Yeah. Do you want to hold out and sell? Uh, okay. Here's another way to put it too. You can only sell an XXSL transmission to someone racing Leadville that has to have the best. If they have UDH, when you release GX transmission, you can sell that to everyone that wants a new mountain bike that wants the coolest, latest, greatest stuff. Yep. No, that's very, that's definitely accurate. So that's cool. I'm, I'm stoked. I've got some on order. I haven't touched it with my hands yet, but I'll probably, even though I don't even ride my Kinevo SL, I'll probably get a kit for it. Yeah. I feel, I feel like a poor person when I click around my GX mechanical on that bike. So (laughs) I got to change that. You can just send it to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I like the fancy mechanical. I like the XX1. I mean, GX mechanical works great. But yeah, just put an XO1 shifter with it. It works great. Yeah. Um, no, I still, I still really like GX mechanical. It's definitely just a benchmark for sure. Nothing wrong with it. But after you've had the the B boops, it's hard to go back to not B boops. Yeah. <laughs> with that said, I didn't change my controller when I got transmission. Okay. I'm on the fence. I don't know what to do. I'm so used to and happy with the old paddle that kind of a lot of people didn't like. My thumb just kind of like hangs out there. It's all happy. Works great. And now I got to like move around even more and like push buttons really hard. I don't know. I don't think I'm about it. Well, for but you only have one mountain bike. I have two. And yeah. my controllers currently match. So for me, I think it's easier to leave my controllers matching. You would have changed it if you hadn't had to take off an ESI grip. Well... It's not just changing the grip. 
because they make a matchmaker for it. I could order that part. I just don't know that I want my my thumb to have to do different things between my Epic Evo and my Stump Jumper Evo. Do we want to? So get what else do we want to talk about? Uh, the, so it costs about a thousand bucks retail, and the cassette is what fifty grams heavier. Does that sound right? That's what I was about to say. The cassette weight between GX and XO One axis is a bigger delta than between GX and XO transmission. They're closing in that cassette weight a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It makes the GX even more compelling. It does. Yeah, because Pretty that neato. was it's it's actually it's sixty five grams according to this article that I'm looking at. But yeah, what was the difference the old, between the old setup was about a hundred, wasn't it? I, I think so. Think yeah, so it was a lot. It's enough that but I, I guess there was was there an in betweener that I'm forgetting about. There was all the colored cassettes and all that kind of jazz, and they weighed whatever they weighed. And then I'm pretty sure was there like a there's an XO a cassette baby step that has a silver big ring, and it's six grams heavier than XX one. So I but, guess, but I guess there really was only two cassette weights. There's NX, which we'll forget about for a second, but XD driver 12 speed. I'm thinking of 11 speed, 11 speed. They had some other flavors sprinkled in there, like one with a steel cog, right? And all that stuff, but it there was still was, XD. There was a lot of weirdness in 11 speed. There was some OE only cassettes in. Oh yeah, that too. In the world of X, X or like just. One by eleven, like the original XX one through GX. Ooh, ooh, I've got a thing. I've got a thing. Slightly <laughs> off topic, but it's this is pointed at SRAM. So SRAM, uh, get your shit together. There, the power meter, the XXSL power meter. The there's no fucking documentation for that. And please, someone correct me and find it. I dug through every stupid frame specification stuff online and usually that documentation is freaking on point by the way you can find out exactly like what the freaking radius of free area for a front derailleur needs to be and all kinds of ridiculous garbage okay xx sl power meter the one piece jobby with the new thread on chain ring right you know what i'm talking about oh yeah try to find specifications on that fucking thing i mean it's a 55 millimeter chain line i challenge you what do you so, need to know? It's 55 millimeter chain wide, dub wide. Ah, okay. Why do they make both a zero? I know the answer, but why do they make a zero offset and a three offset thread on ring? You would run the three offset for most applications. I believe you'd run the zero if you wanted a wider chain line with super boost. Is that accurate? Ah, wrong. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so this is fucking stupid. They make two different goddamn Q factors for that stupid crank, and they don't publish it on the. They don't print it on the crank. Oh, so there's a wide crank you. and a non-wide crank. No, they're both freaking wide. They both say dub goddamn wide on a mat. That's <laughs> oh. not okay. <laughs> they both say dub wide. They're both supposed to be a 55 chain line, but to achieve a 55 chain line with the 168 Q factor crank, you got to run a zero offset thread on ring. What is that garbage? And on on top of that. Go try to find on SRAM's website or quality or any anywhere else a listed Q factor for that crank. So when you're buying the crank aftermarket or you're buying a kit, they don't tell you what the goddamn Q factor is. I'm saying all this stuff because I'm very frustrated because I was trying to just get a replacement ring for a customer. I don't know which one to fucking buy. And I found the info buried in the bowels of the internet. Well, Kenny, was their chain ring flat or did it have offset in it? 
<laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. To my knowledge, and I can be, I could be wrong on this because the information is so hard to find. Okay, here's also what's frustrating. I buy, and I bought a bunch of them as a shop. I bought the full-blown Mac Daddy, Big Dick, XXSL, power meter groupo right like that's the thing that you got when transmission came out right bought three or four of them they flew off the shelves great nowhere on there did it tell me that there's like a different q factor of a crank but again buried in the bowels of the internet they're like oh yeah they're gonna sell the xxsl one piece power meter thing in either a 168 or a 174 q factor depending on what you want but it's not published anywhere still to this day so anyway sram fix your shit usually have really good documentation you drop the ball on that one all righty Kenny's big yeah. mad. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I'm also big mad at Shimano. Go for it. So equal hate. Whatever I had to dick around. Brake. I had to dick around. Which one? The the brake that had road hose or oh yeah brake line on brake housing instead of brake. Oh hose on it. well, uh, that was not Shimano's fault. I don't think. Could be wrong. That was a big company's problem. You know what? That's been radio silence. So no one wants to talk about that little guy. I will try to get an update for everybody on that. We should mention it. Topic. You should call them out on the show, and within one week, they will call your shop and try to have you fired. Yeah, probably, right, for their mistake. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Shimano, 12-speed, DI, should be pretty dialed. I had to dick around with a new bike for probably two hours to get that shit to work, to even like see each other and turn on. Oh, did it show and, up and the shifters were bricked and they wouldn't connect to the system? Kind of, sort of. That was a problem way back when, if you remember, where they had like QR codes printed wrong on the things that you got to scan with your phone and all that ridiculous garbage. This was some other weird problem. So only one shifter was recognized and the other one and the only the shifter that was recognized was not freaking paired properly. And try to freaking remove one of those things from the goddamn app, by the way. There's like one screen where you can select items and delete them, but you can only delete them if it recognizes them, but it doesn't recognize them. So you can't delete them. It's really cool loop to get stuck into. Did you hit it with a hammer? So it turns out, well, you got to, the way you got to delete them is you open them up as like a pair and then there's a button that's not actually a button. You just like have to click on one side of this box for the selector and then it unchecks it magically, even though there's never a check mark there. Sweet. And that deletes it. Yeah. Super user friendly. And on multiple phones, it crashed on its connection to the rear derailleur when the rear derailleur, front derailleur battery connection was all good and solid and updated. And that's where all like this communication takes place, but it would just kick you out of the app and stuff and crash. And it was horrific. So super duper not pumped on that. And also, by the way, I guess I just learned this today. I don't work on bikes anymore, by the way. I just have to step in when people get stuck. And I didn't realize that there's no, they have a special name for it, cross chain. On DI. On 11 speed, they block you out on the little ring. Yeah. On 12 speed, they don't anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. So I thought it was broken in that way. I was like, what the fuck? And also <laughs> on top of that, this big manufacturer cut the chain wrong. So it was droopy. But I thought there was a problem because it was droopy because it was not limiting me out of little, little. Oh, I see what you oh, mean. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because for those of you at home, they're like, what the hell is Kenny talking about? If you had a DI2, Durace DI2 9170 for argument's sake, if you were Which in- Which is road stuff, right? Yeah, road to by 11. You well, could yeah, use- Yeah, Andrea, that's, that's, that's Durace. That's Durace, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I'm, just could use- making, I'm making sure that people understand that we're talking I, I about know, road I'm just, shit. I'm just being a raging dick. 
if you had a 5034 with an 1125 cassette, you could use 50 11 through 25, and you could use 34 13 through 25. You could not use the 11 and 12 tooth cog in the 34 tooth ring. And the reason is if you shift a mechanical Durace 12-speed bike little, little, there's no way to block that in mechanical, what will happen is sometimes in the 12, but nearly every time in the 11-tooth cog, Shimano's shift ramps and their shift pins are so strong, you'll think that the trim adjustment on the front derailleur is incorrect, but what's really happening is on a short chainstay road bike, the chain line is crooked enough that the pickup pins on the large chain ring are rubbing the chain and they block that in di2 oh yeah i I forgot about that i thought it was also like maybe a a cage length well hold on on like shorter cage derailers hold on you're onto something but we're not there yet so that was one benefit then the other benefit is that because we don't need to go from we don't need to do small small anymore without greatly increasing like without increasing the cage size, a short case short cage Durace derailleur got bumped up to a thirty or thirty-two tooth maximum cog size from a twenty-eight. So but the bigger thing is the cross chaining pickup pin rub. That was really annoying and really hard to explain to customers. And they did a great no, job of, of making that not a problem. Yep. So what how in the world does it work now? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. You I don't add touch a, you add a anymore. Nut, you, you add another damn gear, and you give me no limits on the on blocking out cross chain little little and little not a little bit bigger than little. Like that's crazy. I don't know, man. Anyway, you so charge Shimano rear derailleur now. Yeah, ugh. Shimano, fix your shit. SRAM, fix your documentation. Your shit works, but your documentation is broken. <laughs> All right. Do what else are we gonna talk about? Uh, they also released some bronze stealth code and level brakes, which I think is very confusing because the brakes are the same color. It's like whatever polar, I don't, dark polar. Hmm. The color of them is dark polar, but they're calling them bronze level, uh, you know, like trim level, not level brakes. But Remember yeah, so when they used to have like one, two, and three? Yeah. That, that, was, was, that was neat. Yeah, that was nice. Like a juicy seven. Yeah. yeah, that was the great time when we had when we had DB fives. That was awesome and juicy seven. <laughs> I loved those days. Let's go back to those times. I was just. I'm saying that I would like numbers name- work really good for grading yeah. things. Yeah, the nomenclature is kind of silly, but it sounds like the biggest difference is that they the lever doesn't uh, have a bush a bearing in it. It has a bushing, but it still got swing link. Ooh, so ev- everything is swing link. Is that accurate? Big link swinging. <laughs> okay. That's a, important because, geez, G2, anything with an R in it makes me cringe. That stuff feels like a wet bag of garbage. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Remember how I said that I wasn't a fan of the code breaks in the stealth lever model because the travel of the lever was too far before I got contact, like pad to rotor contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out I should probably be using HS2 rotors, which are two millimeter rotors instead of 1.8 millimeter. So I'm going to try that before I take them off my bike. 
because I mean when they I mean when I get pad contact it's great you know they feel good in that respect but I I currently have the levers adjusted out probably like three clicks further away from the bar than where I want them so I've got an idea SRAM needs to get rid of the stupid tourney dial thing because I hate that and you could save tens of dollars in manufacturing (laughs) and then put that into documentation (laughs) the tourney dial thing I don't mind the tourney dial thing and I could see it would be a little bit more, um, it's probably more useful if you have bigger hands and you actually do have your levers a very long way from the bar. All right. What else has come out that's new? Um, let's see. What do I have open in my tabs? Hunt wheels. They now have a carbon race XC UD mountain bike wheel and they are 1,254 grams for the set. And they do it by using, it's a 30 mil internal rim, and they do it by using carbon fiber spokes. And they say that the carbon spokes are so much stronger than your regular steel spokes that they now have 20 in the front and 24 in the rear. Oh my God, a 20 hole front wheel. I gotta try that. (laughs) By the way, I'm going to say a thing. So they weigh the same as the Specialized Control SLs, and they have fewer spokes. Is well, that accurate? But what's the hub engagement? Oh, on the Specialized? On the Hunt. Oh, it's actually pretty fast. They have their own, they call S Rapid Engage Hubs. It's S underscore Rapid Engage. So I'm guessing you don't, I guess that's, the full name of them is S underscore Rapid Engage. You know what I think we should do on one of these episodes? Is what? we should list out every single dumbass marketing name that a company has come up with for their stupid fucking free hub ratchety mechanism and we should just list them down it would probably take between 30 to 45 minutes to name all of them let's see you'd have classic torch one of one hydra cognition s rapid engage neo oh my god uh you got x-sync from uh stands and then they got a bunch of other ones like desync and whatever their old original one was the neo you got the yeah and you got the whatever the chris king garbage is you got this anyway the moral of the story is holy shit why do we have so many names you got silence for shimano and i'm sure a bunch of other names Ugh. anyway just makes me i just threw up on my mouth a little bit they do say that these have a two degree engagement angle and they have there's 30%. By the way, you're not allowed to say you're not allowed to say degrees of degrees of angle and <laughs> radians and vectors. It's they, tell they me how many fucking it. points of engagement. Like I am it looks a, like a simple lot. person. It looks like I a hydro not, hub. I don't want to have to take 360 and divide it by 2. That's some math that it's 180, you're going to have to put into a supercomputer. It's 180. <laughs> I cannot divide things by 2. That's not what I'm built to do. Tell me the number. I told it to you twice. <laughs> <laughs> it needs but to be they, written on the label. My favorite my favorite little bit of marketing here is that because they have carbon spokes, there's 30% less stretch, so the hubs engage very quickly. So they're saying that if you don't have carbon spokes, that some of your lag in engagement is going to be due to the steel spokes stretching. So they're telling me, hmm. I think they just told me I'm <laughs> poor in a very nice way. Um, uh, that is my I, only. I'm trying to find these on the website. You know what's a little what's bit it called sc- again? Uh, the Hunt Proven XC wheel. Okay, it's Just really carry... cheap. It's yeah, seventeen hundred dollars. Fourteen hundred dollars. MSRP. Wait, I see a four... 
1700 according to this article. Oh, I see a $1,400 one on the website, but those look like fat old school. I don't even know what blade of spokes those, those are. Those are huge. Hmm. Matt, what do bird wheels retail for? 22 Yeah, UD carbon spoke. Okay. I'm seeing this right now. It's 15% off. Yeah, 1700 <laughs> retail. Just came out, already on sale, 15% off, $1,444. Wow. That is can I suspiciously the, cheap. Can I borrow the company credit card for like 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I have never seen traditional spokes that are carbon. Have you? Uh, like you could, you could, in theory, retrofit these in to another wheel, correct? I guess, yeah. Whoa, what's wrong with these nipples? Why are they so short? <laughs> That's what she Some said. nipples are just short, Kenny. What's going on? This is not the normal nipple. <laughs> Look at these things. I'm thrown off here. How does that work? Hmm. I have lots of suspicions. Okay. The other thing you could do is this. That I was thinking pretty heavily about some of those control wheels, Kenny. They're they're mm-hmm. stupid light. I I know I mention this frequently now. I'm getting bigger, and I just keep wanting to buy lighter stuff. I'm going to fuck around and find out at some point. <laughs> but I just, I I can't bring myself to ride a GT Hub. I just don't want that little engagement. Um, I, I agree. So a couple things about those control wheels that I'll talk about. They are, I've seen a few broken ones. Definitely not nothing like the old ones. People definitely break them only when you fuck up, if that makes sense. It's not just a JRA situation. Uh, those DT180 hubs should be illegal. They're terrible. And the specialized version of the DT180 hub is even worse. So those hubs are terrible. They eat bearings. They're dumb. Uh, I'm not, I, I wish it was a higher spoke count. I think they're 24, 24, maybe 24, 28. I think they're 24, 24. I much prefer the 28. I think that's just a better idea. I run the regular control carbons on my freaking Kinevo SL. So far, so good. We'll see. I mean, every wheel does well sitting in the basement, Kenny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, the the thing is, though, is, is Bird makes a wheel that's 25 millimeters wide that weighs 1,200 and change with an i9 hub. 25 internal? Is that legal to sell? Yeah, dude. My Envy's are 25 internal. They work fine. Man, that's real I, skinny. I will say, though. I am on a kick where I hate square tires. What is why? Why are we making square tires in 2023? So running a super narrow rim helps this stupid square tire problem. Yeah, and give me a good, give me a good plump round tire, people. So Kenny doesn't like small nipples, and he likes them plump. I yeah, I got into some whiskey. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all um, riled up. The other other thing I want to talk about, since we're talking about wheels and tires and whatnot, I asked in Slack, what do you think has a more grip, a worn-out Recon or a brand-new Aspen? The fucking worn-out Recon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to go back to wheels for a second. And I think this is interesting that they're doing carbon spokes. And it seems like between Bird and now Hunt, are we getting to the point of where everyone wants a wide-ish rim? That's, except for Kenny, who may want a narrow no, rim. No, I, I really, really want wide rims. I'm making fun of narrow rims, but I totally understand why narrow rims exist still. It's because tire manufacturers can't get their head out of their own ass and make a not-square tire. Okay, but 
are we going to start seeing now that we're maybe getting to kind of the bleeding edge of what we can do with a carbon fiber rim and 30 millimeter internal as far as weight and durability, are we now going to see more kind of these alternative spoke materials as a way to get down to lighter weights without sacrificing rim durability? I think that's very possible. Like I can't imagine. Who's going to be next? I mean, we're... You know, we're what's going to get be better at stuff, thing? right? Yeah, I think we'll get better at stuff. But how do you build a much lighter 30 mil internal rim? I just don't know that you can. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of, it kind of sounds like weren't those Kenny the the control wheels you were saying that would just break a lot? Yes, um, those mm-hmm. were 30 mil internal, right? No, so oh, okay. it was last generation's wheels, the really deep ones. Oh, okay. They were pretty distinct looking. They were 25 internal, I believe, really deep dish. And they just would literally fold up. They would do weird. We just got one in today, actually. I've probably seen, and I'm not exaggerating, between 100 to 200 of those broken with my own eyeballs. But the newest one that they make in, so 30 mil internal control carbon, they make it in an SL version and a non-SL version with DT350 hubs. Those wheel sets are pretty darn good. Definitely light. Like it's a lightweight XC wheel set. Don't get me wrong. I think they're 1,250 grams and like 1,350 grams respectively, somewhere in that ballpark. So both very, very light. And I have seen a few broken. I've probably seen three or four with my own eyeballs broken, but that's out of many, many, many hundreds. So yeah, very low rate. And that's from people, every single one of those, the person admitted that they fucked up. So yeah, yeah, I'm not scared of the new ones. I think they're good. Is it going to be a few years from now where like, oh, remember when that company Bird made the first fiber or whatever mass produced fiber spoke wheels? I know there have been other, you know, kind of small manufacturers making odd spokes. But, you know, I feel like Bird is the first one to really do a good job of it and sell a lot of wheels. You know, is it going to be five years from now where, you know, they're going to be out of business because specialized in Trek and I don't know. Probably not Industry 9 because their whole thing is alloy spokes, but is it going to be one of those things where like, oh, remember when Bird first did this and those wheels were really cool, but now Specialized does it and they have 1,000 gram control SL wheels with 30 mil internal enduro rims? Like, you know, is that going to be a thing a few years from now once bigger manufacturers really get into it, if they do? Yeah, I think the thing we're not going to see as much anymore are carbon fiber submarines. (laughs) That carbon tie bonding. Yeah. Is that too soon? (laughs) No, no. It was too soon when you first said it, like, you know, the day after that happened. So, Oh, okay. Bird has some wheels. They make a 27 mil internal that weighs 1350 with an I-9 hub. They do a 25 internal that weighs 1230 with I-9 and a 22 internal that weighs 1140. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want 22s. For sure. Think about this. What if Bird did how many how many spoke holes? Twenty four. Twenty eight. Okay. I think they're twenty four hole. Sounds like Bird needs to do a twenty four hole thirty mil internal. Oh, twenty eight with a DT three fifty hub, and then they'll be even lighter and cheaper than the i nine ones. Yeah, but they'll suck. Yeah, I don't want three fifty hubs. Three fifty hubs are going to get us out of this recession. <laughs> yeah, three fifty hubs are like the Honda Civic of hubs they're great they're reliable they're easy to work on they last forever they give you no issues and no one gives a shit and they're not that great 
That might be accurate. The Hydra Hub is like the Corvette. People are going to think you're a little bit of a douchebag because you got fancy hubs. <laughs> you're going to have to work on them a little bit more. Yeah. No, it's a good good analogies. I like these. All right. Um, there's some other new shit, but it's really not that interesting. So I sure I assume there's some more multi tools. Uh, well, there was a Sun Tour Electronic. What do they make? Suspension. But if someone let. comes out with another multi tool, we're going to cancel this show. <laughs> Kenny might cancel himself off this show. <laughs> but we did have a few comments on our when I posted on Instagram about our last show. I said, "What do you want to hear about when Kenny comes back?" Oh, we did have a question for for Kenny from uh, Tom. Tom wants to know. He's, uh, you know, our friend who's looking at electric motos, and he asked, "Is whatever it was the Talaria, was it M- MX4? MX4." He asked about that. He's worried about it being low and short. What's the biggest wheel he can change to on that wheel set? Should he just yeah, call you? Gets com- gets complicated. He should probably just call me. I'll go real quick. You're gonna have an issue. So it comes with nineteen, nineteen front and rear. You can go with an 18 on the rear, but the OD is going to be about the same. So that's going to be a wash. Ideally, I think these bikes ridden off-road belong with a 21 front. You can't really reliably fit a 21 front on any of the OEM forks. You're going to have to get like a Bomber 58 or a EXT, what's it called? A Fair Pharaoh? I don't remember what their new fork's called. Or something else that properly fits a 21. If you try to put it in any of the other OEM forks, like the RST, um, or the, um, what's the other one? I can't remember now. Anyway, Fast Ace. It will hit your crown and you will die. So <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, that will raise the bike up a little bit though. Just if you can get the 21 and the longer fork on there, that definitely helps. Other than that, no, I don't think they're too low. Even for an adult, the wheelbase is short. That's just going to be any Suron or Talaria, but the Talaria is about an inch longer than a Suron. If you want a longer wheelbase than that, you're going to have to get an Ultra B or something else. But yeah, I think you'll be fine. All right. You want me to read that? Hold on. We're going to have some dead air here for a second so I can look these up. Oh, that's a gnarly tire. Dude. Okay. Yeah. We had uh, T-Bird Jones on Instagram say, Continental's, this is what do you want to hear on the next episode? Continental's new tires, specifically the Argotol, Cryptotol, and Zinotol. Hopefully I'm saying those right. He says, I've ridden the K and X, and I'm impressed. I've ridden the regular sidewall models, and they do seem to be stiffer than a Maxxis EXO. Uh, you know, I have not ridden a Continental tire in a very long time. And that's understandable. They were hot garbage for the longest time. If you wanted to just be riding along, and we talked about some previous shows, you're just all riding along, bebopping around. You don't have electronic yet, because... Um, so it's you're not really bebooping, you're bebopping around and it just goes kapink and a tread knob would just pop off of your tire. Like the whole knob is just gone and you got like a little cloth underneath it. Yeah. It was super fucked up. So they were garbage. Uh, all the young folks at my shop love those damn Xanax tires or whatever they're called. <laughs> and we sold a bunch of those. Kenny, you sound like a, like a boomer. Those How much Xanax whiskey tires. have you had? Just one glass. What size glass? Um, Pint glass? I don't know. No, it was less than four ounces. Did you take it intravenously? The Zynotol <laughs> looks... I mean, they look interesting, but they're... Doesn't it sound like a pain med? It does, yeah. It does, yeah. It sounds like Xylitol, the sweetener that they put in chewing gum. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. I don't know. They look, they look all right, but I'm 
real happy with the Maxxis tires I use now. And tires are so expensive that the thought of trying another brand that has, I don't know, a kind of not that great past history of tire durability. I'll, I think I can wrap it up like my I told my Schwalbe rep a long time ago, like four years ago now. I was like, yeah, man, I'm not interested in trying them. And he's like, yeah, you just believe the Maxxis hype. And I'm like, no, I bought Continental tires that were supposed to be tubeless ready. I had stands tubeless ready rims. And at 25 PSI, when I weighed barely 150 pounds, the tire would just roll off the rim and burp air. So I went home, I put on my non-tubeless Maxxis tires, and they gave me no problem set up tubeless at 21 PSI. It's like So moving forward, I gave Maxxis my money because their tires worked. And yeah. that's where I am today. Maxxis tires have always worked for me, and I give them more of my money to continue this agreement where I give them money and they give me tires that work. Yeah, I mean, kind of for PO the same Box 82, reasons. Howard, Colorado, 81233, 29. <laughs> Send them in. We'll fucking try them, but I'm not spending money on them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would love to try these out because they look like, you know, for a 1,000-gram tire in the trail version. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing is they do not make a light version. So if you're looking for a light tire, it ain't the it ain't, it ain't the Annex. <laughs> you know, I would put 1,000-gram tires on the, the Mayhem because it's it's a trail bike. It, it can do 1,000-gram tire stuff. You know, it can... I'm going to put them on my light Envy wheels and see if those wheels come apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it's they're appropriate for a bike that I have. They're appropriate for a bike Matt has. They're appropriate for a bike that Kenny has. So if you want to send some to us. P.O. Box 82, Howard, Colorado, 81233. Yeah, and call Kenny at the shop. You, I'm sure you have his name under his account. So. Yeah, but we have sold legitimately a decent number of those things, and the feedback in general has been positive, so... Uh, I'm not going to fully poo-poo those tires. They seem decent. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm not either. It's just if I'm 60 years old and I've driven an F-150 for forever, I'm just going to go get another F-150. I'm not going to go buy a Chevy. I've been riding Max's tires for a decade, and nothing has proven better yet. We need to get you in that (laughs) Cybertruck. You know, I I do have... Uh, Bond Trigger XR4s on the Mayhem right now because I put my I took the three ZR motos off and put my Knox Tio Cali rims on there. Speaking of narrow rims, those are I mean twenty seven. Yeah, twenty six or twenty seven. I don't remember. I've got an idea. So WTB, who I know listens, they need to re-release the Velociraptor. <laughs> that thing that was all just little dots. No, the Velociraptor was freaking sick. The Velociraptor was a gnarly tire before the Nevigal was even born. <laughs> they were sick. You should look them up. They had that front specific, and then the rear specific looked like a little baby moto tire. It's got, like, big old freaking shovels on it. Oh, I see. I see. That looks like the tire that comes on a Walmart bike with the center locking I tread I know. They're sick. Could you imagine if they modernized those? Yeah, I think they just made an Asagai. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. Hold on. Uh, someone's Matt Wonderbread says, update on Matt's all new all-road bike. Why was the bottom bracket drop so important to him? I only kind of understand how and why it matters. And a bird wheel update. I'm going to get my second set built soon for gravel. Would it be more beneficial in a gravel application? All right. So bottom bracket drop is the measurement from... 
if you drew a straight line from the front axle to the rear axle, bottom bracket drop is how low is it or how far down is it from the center of the axle center line to the center of the bottom bracket center line. And the reason why that's you all would... true. That's pretty complicated. You just either want a lower bottom bracket or a higher bottom bracket. Well, I can say I can definitely see why you would give your geometry number in bottom bracket drop instead of saying bottom bracket height because people put different tire sizes on their bikes. No, for sure. I mean, from a standardization standpoint, I have no problem yeah. with how bottom bracket drop is measured, but like you just say that you like a lower bottom bracket bike or a higher bottom bracket bike, right? Yeah, Otherwise, was, people get scared. Was, Otherwise, people get scared. I was getting pedal strikes on the Diverge on gravel roads. Like got it. rocky gravel roads that you probably wouldn't drive a Subaru on. But Well, that's what you get for running those jangly cranks. You run in 175s? Yeah, because I got big man-sized legs. <laughs> no, nah, 170 or 165 is the new 175. <laughs> I mean... I'm on, the, I'm on this short crank life. It's sick. Yeah, Kenny, your legs are like a foot long. <laughs> <laughs> And then somehow your arms are even shorter. You're a walking torso. You look like Mr. Potato Head. Damn. It's crazy. It's crazy. No, I think I've got normal I think I've got normal length legs. I wear like a a 32 pant. Isn't that like normal? Yeah, it is. No, I mean I I just wanted something with a higher bottom bracket and I wanted something that rode more like a road bike and less like a the the, the Verge was great. It just had a couple of few shortcomings and then i had a really easy opportunity to turn it into something a lot more modern which if you've been listening for the last few months you're like wow matt's bought a lot of bikes all my shit was a little bit older and over the last year and i or eight months i've really been dedicated to getting all my shit up to date started with the stump jumper i got the so that replaced the yt and then i got the what was next I guess the Argon was next, and then I got an Epic, and then I got a Jaffe. But the last three happened really quickly, like within the last six weeks. Yeah. And a bird wheel update. Still riding them. Still good. I wish I had. So the reason I knew how light those bird wheels were when we were talking earlier is I've really been thinking about getting some of their XC25 rims or wheels to replace my Envies because they'd be 200 grams lighter. I mean... That'd be sick. Would it be more beneficial in a gravel application? I mean, sure. I mean, okay, so if your gravel that you ride is very flat and very windy, then no. Unless they're making a, I don't even know what gravel wheels they make. If they're a little bit aero, then sure, they're not. Hold, please. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have to order two wheel sets. I could get a 22-millimeter internal gravel wheel that weighs 1,086 grams. That's crazy. Uh, they are designed for 32 through 47 millimeter tires with a 40 PSI maximum rating. I haven't found a picture that shows me a cutaway of the rim yet. Oh, there it is. They are 24 millimeters deep, so they are not an aero wheel in any way. Yeah, so if your gravel is flat to rolling and you have lots of wind, I wouldn't do it. But if you climb... You know, you live out here in Colorado, in western Colorado at least, or someplace where there are mountains and long climbs that are, you know, 20, 30 minutes at a time, then yeah, getting a thousand gram wheel set would definitely be beneficial. But we've been recording for a while now. Are we ready to wrap it up? Shut it down, wrap yeah, it up? Yeah, I'm done. All right. I'm done. We did, we talked about a lot of 
interesting shit that's always surprising to me. Yeah. Um, I actually, Kenny, I, I cut a little clip of you saying shut it down out for our Matt and Andrea episode. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we didn't know what to do. We were sitting here. We we're like, uh, uh, uh. We didn't know how to finish. Yeah, it's a common problem. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I can say things now that are incredibly inappropriate, so I will not. I, I usually just do that. Okay, and then we apologize should just shut profusely. it down now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your pants.